0: Well, good morning, church, and happy Mother's Day. We are in part five of our spring series called I Love the 90s, where we've been having fun revisiting the decade of the 90s and looking at what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And the overarching verse for this entire series that we've been coming back to, which was written by the Apostle Peter, says this in 2 Peter 3.18, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. And as followers of Jesus, we know that God is glorified when we grow to be more like him, when we take next steps to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. So what does that practically look like? Well, that's what we've been diving into over these past four weeks. In the first week of our series, we looked at our first two core values that loved people, love people, and found people, find people. By looking at the story of Philip and Nathaniel, how when Jesus found Philip, the first thing that he did was find Nathaniel and bring him back to Jesus so he could know him too. We are called to love people and to invest in them and to help them find Jesus. Then in week two, we talked about growing people grow with people. and We looked at the life of Peter the famous disciple who Jesus called The Rock. But we saw that there were times when he was isolated and alone, and he denied even knowing Jesus. And so we discovered that we need to intentionally surround ourselves with godly people, and it's so important because we can't live the Christian life alone. And then in week three, we looked at the famous story that Jesus told about the Good Samaritan to help remind us how important it is to serve others. And our core value that save people, serve people simply reminds us that we have been uniquely wired and gifted by God to make a difference in the church and in the world around us by serving. We were saved to serve. And then last week, we were reminded that God has given us everything and that he should have first place in every area of our lives. And we started to look at our fifth core value that changed people change. And that's where we're going to continue today. So over the last few weeks, we've had some fun talking about the 90s, and I gotta tell you that I changed a lot in the 90s too. I went from being in elementary school to getting my first college degree in the 90s. I went from my first elementary school boyfriend in 1990 to meeting the love of my life and getting engaged and planning my wedding in 1999. I lived through the change from making collect calls to get mom and dad to get me home to carrying a cell phone in my purse. The 90s was truly a decade of change. And I know that each week you guys have been playing a game, and I am normally down the hall in Lighthouse Kids, and we often play games and give prizes, so I did not want to miss out on the opportunity to do that today. So Pastor AJ is going to help me. We are going to play a game about women today, looking at some of the women of the 90s. So I'm going to read a little clue, and then if you know it, raise your hand, don't shout it out, and um, if you need a little help, a picture will pop up of them too. And then Pastor AJ will come to you. So our first one is who can name this pretty woman of the 90s?
1: So I'll hand in the middle, go up first really quickly. Julia Roberts. Yeah, right. good job. <laughs> there you go. And our prizes today are gift cards to Dairy Queen.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you. All right. This actress, who made a name for herself in the 90s franchise, Speed, has just kept going and, and was once the highest paid actress oh, in the early 2000s. Yeah, you can finish. You can finish it in, the, in the early 2000s. <laughs> Sandra Bullock. That's yeah, right. <laughs> Good job. All right. This actress's middle name is Joanna, and she was born in Sherman Oaks, L.A., She's known for her iconic 90s
2: hairstyles.
1: (laughs) I saw a man raise his hand, so I thought that was pretty cool. (laughs) He's like, yes, I know women's hairstyles of the 90s. I'm an expert on that. Jennifer Anderson.
0: That's right. (laughs) Okay, this 90s icon was called the Princess of Pop.
1: (laughs) Another man, he had all her CDs. <laughs> Britney Spears. <Yep.
0: laughs> all right, this 90s sweetheart starred in Dawson's Creek, dated Batman, and married Tom Cruise.
1: Oh, all the way in the back. <laughs> you guys are giving me a workout this morning.
0: Katie Holmes. Yep. <laughs> all right. Perhaps you know this lady from the 90s. She was in the Miss USA pageant, and more recently she was in Catwoman. This beauty is...
1: <laughs> Leo! <laughs> Holly Berry. Yes. That's right, Halle Berry. Good job, All right. Halle Berry.
0: This Charlie's Angel starred in the 90s hit My Best Friend's Wedding. Ooh, right. In the sorry, oh, sorry, Charlie's thing. I know. Excuse me. <laughs> I was gonna say the wrong name. Oh my gosh! Now I just lost it. Cameron <laughs> Diaz. Cameron Diaz is right.
1: Here you go. Congratulations.
0: And I think this is the last one. She was an '80s child star in movies like ET, but in the '90s, her romantic comedies were instant classics.
1: So I gotta really quick over here.
2: Drew, Bar- Drew Barrymore. Yes. Drew Barrymore, that's right. <laughs> good job, guys. Ah.
0: Thank you, Pastor AJ. <laughs> well, you guys did really good. Thanks for playing along with that. I remember all these women from the 90s, and many of them are still great actresses today, even though they have grown and changed. And when I think about people in the Bible and a picture of how change people change... There are many people that come to mind, but the one that, always, that I always come back to is Paul. Not only is he someone who actually had a name change when his life changed, but you might, some might say he became a different person. Paul was someone who used to hunt down and murder Christians as the Pharisee named Saul, but then he had this incredible encounter with the risen Jesus, and it radically changed his life. And his his name was renamed to Paul. And he would go on to become the apostle to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, planting churches all around the Mediterranean, eventually writing letters to these churches that would survive history and make up what we much know as the New Testament today. But something else that always makes me drawn to Paul and his teachings is that even though he had this incredible change after an encounter with Jesus, his life did not all of a sudden become nice and easy. I mean, Paul faced a lot of adversity. He was beaten, shipwrecked, bitten by a snake, imprisoned, and says that he lived with a thorn in his side. Yet, even in the midst of all of that adversity in life, Paul still trusted God and found ways to be content and to live with joy. And I was just thinking if there is a human that can go through all of that and still have joy and follow Jesus, then I should listen and learn from them. So, Paul became a follower of Jesus and in changing the world for Jesus, but then he was arrested. But here's the part that I love. Paul is under arrest, and he could have been so discouraged and depressed and questioning God with all these whys, but instead, while Paul was imprisoned, he decided to write some letters to some of the churches that he had planted. In one of the biggest storms of his life, he decided to write letters that we now know as the book of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. He could have sat in prison thinking that God had abandoned him, but instead he trusted God and used that time to write things that have helped Christians of faith for centuries. And I'm sure that Paul had no idea what hung in the balance of his decision to remain faithful when it was so difficult to remain faithful. But that's where I want to spend the remaining time today, leaning into the words of a man so profoundly changed by God that he gave us words to help us change to be more like Jesus. So will you read along with me these words from Paul in Philippians 4, 10 to 13. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. How many of you guys have memorized at least a portion of that at some time in your life? Several of you guys, yeah. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord. At last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. Paul starts off writing this, he's writing this letter to thank the Corinthians and Philippi for a recent gift that was given to him while he was in prison. He's grateful and he uses that as a launching point to talk about this big idea of contentment. And then in verse 11 he says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. What I think Paul is saying here is that guys, I've learned to deal with it, to deal with life. I have learned to not let it drag me down. I've learned to live in such a state that even though the things around me are unsure, I'm not freaking out. I'm not running away. I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I'm in. And don't forget this church. Paul is writing this from prison. I don't know about you guys, but when I read that, I think, sign me up. I want to be able to live like that. If there's a way to be okay on the inside when everything on the outside is not okay, I want it. And Paul's saying, hey guys, I, I want you to know that whether you ever get here or not, there is a category of contentment that works in all circumstances. No matter what storm you may find yourself in or what circumstances you find yourself in, no matter how exhausted you may find yourself, in spite of all that, you can learn to be content. And then Paul goes on to say this, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul tells us that he knows the secret to contentment, but he doesn't just come out with it. He reminds us that there are good times and there are bad times. We could have everything we need, or we could be rotting in prison. We could be trying to pay all the bills and buy the food and the gas with these inflation costs, or we could have all the food we need and be set financially. But the secret to contentment does not have to do with any of that. So then we want to ask, what is it, Paul? What is the secret that you have? And then he says it in verse 13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. That's the secret. Through him who gives me strength. Paul is in confinement, in lack of control of how he spends his day and who he sees and what he does, but he's saying we can be fine on the inside even though the world around us is out of control because we have a God who gives us strength. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can survive all things. I can even thrive in all the circumstances. I can maintain my internal composure not because I'm strong, but because he gives me his strength. Even if I think I can't, God, you can, and you can through me. I can't, God, but I know that you can. I can do all things through God who gives me strength. And again, remember where Paul is writing this from, from prison. You may be thinking, I'm in a storm of life right now, and it is so beyond me. Paul gets that, and he says, I'm just gonna admit that I can't handle this alone, God, but I know that Jesus can. And the reason that I know Jesus can is because he dragged a cross to a hill and died for my sins. And if Jesus can do that on purpose and intentionally and willingly die for me, then what I'm facing is nothing compared to that. When the church staff met in January to plan our calendar for the next several months, I agreed to preach on Mother's Day. And I knew that AJ's sabbatical was coming and that we would have this time of rest um, and that we were gonna come back and try and teach some of the things that we took away from this time of rest that we had. And so, one of the things that we worked on was the self care and Sabbath and margin in our lives. And as part of that, we had planned to give out this great devotional series to our women on Mother's Day um, about um, having margin in our life and taking care and having some breathing room. And so, I went through it and I've been working on the stuff personally and some of the things that I've learned from it. And I'm really excited that you guys have the opportunity to please take that resource when you go out today. It's called Breathing Room about creating this margin in our lives. But here's the deal, I'm a mom of five, three beautiful girls ages 19, 18, and 14, and two boys ages 11 and three. And I love my kids with everything in me, but being a mom can be challenging, right? (laughs) And sometimes I worry if I'm doing it right or if I'm just failing at it at all. It's just a hard thing. So this year, we got to go through our fifth round of potty training. And um, yeah, to get this learned. Fifth and final time of potty training. And we struggled with it a little bit with this one. And so one of our older kids told us about the poo-poo fairy. And you know what? It worked. However, I may have a three-year-old that believes that every time he has a successful day in the bathroom, he's going to wake up with M&Ms under his pillow. So (laughs) hopefully we'll get over that. But But it's a lot. (laughs) My 11-year-old, he just is finishing up his first year of middle school. My 14-year-old is finishing up her first year of high school and getting ready to deal with finals for the first time. I have an 18-year-old that's driving, dating, and getting ready to graduate within the next month. My 19-year-old is a straight-A college student, but she's walking through this new period of young adulthood. And we're trying to navigate all of this with them, guys. And in our prayer life, it's been a little bit in overdrive this year. And then there's myself. Sometimes I struggle with myself. I don't always like what I look at. You know, when I look in the mirror, I don't always like what I see. And then I look around my house, and it's filled with clutter. And there's laundry everywhere. And we have a dog. And I look to the kids, and I'm like, have you taken her out for a walk? Has she had any attention? And she's peed on the floor again. Can we clean this up? So there's just so much going on. And if I can be real with you guys this morning, there are times when I feel like I'm not measuring up and I'm exhausted and I'm breathless. And then that's just at home and I go into work. When I signed up to preach on Mother's Day back in January, what I did not anticipate was that within the next few months that God would call me into a new direction in ministry (coughs) to oversee our lighthouse school and daycare. I am two weeks into this role. Pastor Cheryl has graciously agreed to come help me out with this for a month, but guys, it is a lot. There is so much to learn. And some days I think, how am I possibly going to learn this all? But what do you do when you feel like that, and it seems like you just can't do it all? Here's what I'm learning to do. I look to the example of the Apostle Paul, and I remind myself, I can't God, but you can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then this week, it's so busy, I have so much to do. How am I possibly going to prepare a sermon for Sunday that I agreed to do a long time ago? It seems impossible, God. I can't, God, but you can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I don't know what it might be for you. Maybe your health isn't good. And the doctors kind of shrug and say, hey, we can monitor it. We can treat the symptoms, but we can't cure it and you think, I can't do anything. And you may be right, you can't, but he can, and he can through you. Maybe you're a student right now in the midst of finals and you're feeling the pressure and wondering how you're gonna do it all. I can't God, but you can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Maybe you're someone watching the news each night and the fear keeps growing inside of you. Look at the world, it's falling apart. People hate each other, wars are breaking out. It's full of sickness and disease everywhere. The economy is awful. How can I have peace and contentment in this world? And Paul would say, I don't think I can explain it either. It's a mystery, but it's a mystery that creates a reality that you can still have contentment, even though in the darkest moments of your life. Because as followers of Jesus, we are never alone. Your Savior lives in you. We are a changed people because God lives in us. I can't, God, but you can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What if you woke up tomorrow morning and before you even got out of bed, before you even knew what you were going to face in that day, you had a conversation with your heavenly Father? I can't, God, but you can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Before you started your day, you just acknowledged, Good morning, God. I can't. But you can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul says that's the secret. That's the key to contentment. And that's where God calls us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God doesn't want us to stay the same. He wants us to discover the secret of contentment in life and to take this next step because changed people change. You want to walk through life changed, walk through life knowing that when you have Jesus and his power living inside of you, and that even when you can't, Jesus can, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for this opportunity to be together today. I thank you for this simple message these simple words to say, but sometimes really hard to truly live out. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can't, God, but you can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God, may this be an encouragement to take a step So that the next time we're faced with something, the next time we feel that anxiety coming on, the next time things just seem so busy and too big, that we can remember that we're not doing this alone, God. That You're not only walking beside us, God, but you're living in us. That we have your spirit in us so we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Would you be with us as we go out to just be reminded of this, the simple phrase that maybe we just need to say to ourselves over and over again, to be reminded every day that you're with us through the mundane, normal things to anything big that comes in our life, God. We thank you so much for being a God who is so personal with us and such a part of our life, our lives that you're with us in everything and that we have access to your power and strength in everything. Would you help us remember that today? In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Jesus, your presence is the comfort of my Here in the way.
2: Team, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What a good word to take with us this week! I, on your way out, uh, each adult lady, please uh, take with you a beautiful rose a gift. There's a wonderful gift book out there, and have the most wonderful happy Mother's Day that, that you've ever had. <laughs> Let's close for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this good word. We thank you for the truth, Lord, that we can't, but you can. And, Lord, how I pray that we would find that strength every single hour of every single day, Lord, as we go forward in our walk with you. Thank you for this beautiful day, and thank you for the moms. Thank you for the ladies. Thank you for each precious lady here this morning and those who are listening online. God, strengthen them with a special touch, a special infusion of your energy, of your grace this day we thank you for who you are and we love you. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray, amen and amen. Happy Mother's Day to all of you.
1: So let all that I am be consumed.